Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us. So we have a big announcement today. So um, our young families um, and anyone young at heart. So that includes everybody here is young at heart, right? Today, um, after the traditional service, they're going over to the alley, which is in the, the mall, right? And if you haven't been, you need to go check that out anyway. They're having lunch together. The kids are bowling. And Catherine, they're having acolyte training. Is it too late to sign up? Not too late to sign up for acolyte training. So they're going to have an awesome day after traditional service at the alley. So we had youth service days scheduled next week, Monday through Thursday. So if you're hearing this and you're in that group, we're backing that up a little bit. There's this little virus that comes around once in a while, and some of them may have it, all right? So uh, Wednesday night children's ministry is grilling out at 6 p.m., right? It's going to be awesome. Um, Sunday school class today with the great Eric Wright is going to be upstairs. It's going to be amazing, right? Best Sunday school class of all time. If you already go to a Sunday school, go to your Sunday school. But if you don't have one, go to that one. It's great. Um, Christmas in July. Uh, we have these stockings right outside this door. There's a table with stockings. And then there's also a paper that tells you what to do. Several people ask me, they say, why are you handing Salvation Army stockings out in July? It's because we love Christmas in July, and we don't want to bombard you in December because we ask for other things in December, right? And we don't want to forget, and we don't want to miss doing this. So it's right out there. You can turn these in at the end of the month, filled up. They're awesome. They don't cost much to fill up either. It's a great ministry that we do to help the Salvation Army. My last announcement is the Exceptional Persons Party is July 20th at 3 p.m. If you've never been a part of that, a part of that this is your year to help. Um, we help adults with special needs, and we have a giant party for them up in the gathering room, and it's amazing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us today? Forever see 
the key 
You may be seated. So isn't our praise band awesome though? We love them, they're great, they're awesome. This is the time uh, in the service we prepare our hearts for a time of tithe and offering. We have offering plates uh, in the back and up here in the front, um, so you're able to give on your way out. Or you can also give online, and if you're watching online, you can give online, there's ways to do that. Um, sometimes the media team puts cool links on there to show you even how to do it. So that our media team is awesome, and I don't think we show enough appreciation for them. Can we clap for the people back in the booth? They're awesome! So, like, we have a friend in Poland who's a pastor in Poland that watches our service because our media team is able to stream that all over the place, and they do a great, great job. So, and if you would ever like to volunteer to do that, please see Sheila Freeman as well. Um, and as we pray, um, we often think of burdens that are on our hearts that we want to lift up, but I also ask you today, think of some things that you are extremely thankful for, right, as we go to prayer. Think of those things that God has done in your life, things that you can celebrate. So let's go to the Lord with thankful hearts as we pray. Let's pray. Loving God, as we prepare our hearts for a time of tithe and offering, um, we pray that you will bless every gift that is given, that you will continue to do great things from this church, but God, also through each of us into the community, that we will be your hands and feet and show love to all people that we encounter. Um, God, right now, we all have things we are thankful for. We lift up our praise. Um, we all have so much to be thankful for in our lives. We also lift up those unspoken burdens that we all have. God, you know our hearts. You know what weighs heavy on us. We pray that you will be with those situations. We pray that you will guide us in our decision-making, help us make the right steps and do the right things. Um, we also lift up our homebound in the church, and we lift up all of those we know who are hurting. God, we pray that we can be your hands and feet, and you can show us how to share your love with them. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's pray. Loving God, I pray that you will speak through, uh, to us through this passage from Amos, uh, that you will have us hear what you want us to hear. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm using a lectionary passage today because over the past four years, when, oh my goodness, if the children would like to go to children's church, you can go with Miss Catherine. You guys need to start throwing something at me so I remember to do that. But uh, I was saying the past three or four years, whenever I speak anywhere, I use the lectionary passage. Um, it helps me to stay diverse and use uh, all different scriptures, right, uh, when I use the lectionary. So sometimes you get a passage that might seem a little boring. Uh, sometimes you get one that's very challenging. Then sometimes you get one that's like Amos, and it's amazing. I love the book of Amos. Um, today's passage is one that you did never he- you've never heard it. Um, preached or taught at Vacation Bible School or in Children's Church. It's a really tough passage. Um, I don't know if any of you have read the book of Amos. Um, I had to write a paper on the book of Amos a couple years ago. Um, If you're ever bored, I have school papers that I write, if you're ever into that. Um, But uh, today they drop us off in the lectionary in chapter 7 of Amos, so I think it's important for us to know what we're jumping into. So here's an Amos overview, okay? So hold on. Amos is one of the 12 minor prophets we find in Scripture. It is believed that Amos would have spoken this message during the reign of Uzziah, was over Judah, and Jeroboam II was over Israel. A lot of the message in this book of prophecy is directed towards Jeroboam II. It's going to be a very harsh message, and you'll see why I say that later. Amos is a guy, he's just from a small town named Tekoa, uh, where he was a shepherd and he took care of sycamore trees. That was his job. He lived about 12 miles south of Jerusalem. Amos is also considered a minor prophet in the scriptures, but he did not come from a family line of prophets. Usually when we have prophets, they come from a family line that have all been prophets, not Amos, all right? And he had no training in prophecy. He had none of that. So Amos didn't think of himself as a prophet, and we'll hear that in the scripture we're about to read as well. Um, His message is poetic in style. The book of Amos is broken down into oracles, um, and they're actually directed, um, they start off directed at the nations around Israel, but then the bulk of the message comes to northern Israel, and it is a harsh message that Amos gives. Um, That's where most of it's going to go, is northern Israel and to Jeroboam. So why the long intro? Because it's important to know the context of this. And it's important for us to know that Amos is a normal guy, and I said he was working on sycamore trees. Doesn't that sound like a fun job? Like you're not going to be overly involved with the drama of society. You're taking care of trees. I think it's pretty nice. Um, But he is going to be used by God to bring a message of justice. Um, The message that he brings to the people of Israel is something like this through the book of Amos. The people of Israel... Their ancestors had been in slavery, right? They had been mistreated. They had been captives. God had delivered them time and time again. And now what are they doing, the people in power in northern Israel? They are mistreating the poor and mistreating others. And Amos is about to tell them about it, right? Um, he, it basically, how could you do this? How can you treat people like that? after God has brought you through so many times. Haven't you learned? Haven't you learned a lesson? Now, under the rule of Jeroboam, they are acting this way, where they are mistreating others. Um, 
Most, mostly what we hear through the book of Amos is the mistreatment of the poor. They are selling people in slavery for almost nothing. They are slave trading other people uh, back and forth. They are mistreating women you will read about in this book uh, in very horrible ways that I won't even say in service. Uh, there's idol worship going on, and when they worship idols, it even causes them to mistreat others more, right? Amos, uh, before we get to chapter 7, there's a famous chapter that you've heard in chapter 5. You've heard this passage before, I bet. He says this in Amos 5, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship by offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with your noisy songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That's Amos, right? You've heard that one before? Whenever you hear anything from Amos, you're like, wow, that was, it was strong. Um, and that's the way he writes. By the time Amos 7 rolls around, he had already given these poems, these warning signs to the people to straighten up, to love others, to take care of them. But here by chapter 7, it turns into visions of what's to come. And, and the early part of Amos chapter 7, um, he is warning the people about locusts that are coming to infest them, to harm them. Um, so when, when uh, I read through the book of Amos a couple years ago, this is the way I tried to read it. I read it three different ways. I had a school teacher that taught us to read books different ways, right? And uh, the first time I read the book of Amos, I tried to read it in the view of the, um, who it was intended to at first, the people that were oppressing the poor. So I read it from that perspective. When you read it from the position of I'm the person in power, uh, abusing others or causing harm to others, it is a very harsh message, right? Because Amos is telling them, knock it off, God's going to get you, God's not happy with this, bad things are coming. I read it from that perspective, right? Um, and, and, and when you read it from that perspective, you think, am I ever in a position of power? This goes for all of us. Are we ever in positions of power where we're not treating others fairly, where we're, where we're harming the poor, where we're making people feel bad about themselves? Are we ever in that position, right? Then the second way we can read the book of Amos is read it in the position of the poor and the oppressed. When you read the message in that position, you see God as the liberator, God setting free, God as on your side. Um, I explained in our Thursday night worship service, um, I think about reading the book of Amos um, in the perspective of you are in the Ukraine. You're a family in Ukraine, you're being attacked, right, unfairly. Think about them reading the book of Amos. It is God is on our side. Things seem terrible, but God is for justice. God is with us. You think about it in the form of somebody who has been in slavery. Think about them reading this passage and saying, God's on my side. Those people who are harming me, God's going to get them, and God is with me, right? God is with me. Then there's another way to read the book of Amos. This is the third way. Read it in the perspective of Amos. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to look a little bit out about today, because who was Amos? He's a sycamore tree guy. I bet God had been stirring and brewing in his heart a passion for the people who are being harmed. God is calling Amos to speak. Um, 
And, and in this passage we're about to read, they're going to reference a plumb line. Here's the cool thing about following the lectionary passage. I've seen other pastors online talking about trying to find a plumb line this week. Uh, pastor Steve West is the pastor at Jacksonville First Methodist. He was asking his congregation, does anybody have a plumb line? Um, and I told him, well, Steve, I'm just going to use a level. And um, some people here in the office were like, no, 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 you need a plumb line. So does anybody know what a plumb line is? Raise your hand. You can raise your hand. So a good, some people do and some people don't. I've been made fun of a lot this week for not knowing what a plumb line was, but rather than ask the congregation for one, we made one in the arts and crafts room, all right? This is a plumb line. So supposedly this is how it works, all right? Bob Blunt, you tell me if this is working right. If I hold this up because there's a weight at the bottom, I should get a perfectly straight line if I were to build something. If anybody trusts me to build something, it will fail, all right? So don't ever do that. But I made a plumb line. That's what a plumb line is, and that's what the Scripture is about to reference. Um, Amos is going gonna to be referring to things are unbalanced. Things aren't right. People are not being treated fairly in this passage. This is Amos 7, uh, chapter, chapter 7, verses 7 through 17. And as I said, this is not your vacation Bible school passage. These are the words of Amos, not the words of Andy, all right? So here they go. Um, that is what the Lord showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord said to, him, said to me, Amos, what do you see? A plumb line, I said. Then the Lord said, see, I am setting a plumb line in the middle of my people Israel. I will never again forgive them. Their shrines of Isaac will be made desolate, and the holy places of Israel be laid to waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. All right, now this next part, uh, Amaziah is the priest, and he is going to confront Amos, all right? Then Amaziah the priest of Bethel reported to the king Jeroboam, Amos has plotted against you with the house of Israel. This land isn't able to cope with everything that, is, that he is saying, Amos has said Jeroboam will die by the sword and Israel will be forced out of its land. Amaziah said to Amos, you who see things, go run to the land of Judah, eat your bread there and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's holy place and his royal house. All right, so now Amos is being told, get out of here, quit saying this stuff, right? What do you think Amos is going to do, the sycamore tree guy? He's going to talk some more, all right? And he's more fired up now. God has fired him up more. Amos answered Amaziah, I, will, I am not a prophet, nor am I a prophet's son. I am a shepherd, a trimmer of sycamore trees. But the Lord took me from shepherding the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now then, the Lord, now then hear the Lord's word. You say, don't prophesy against Israel. You say, and don't preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore, the Lord proclaims, your wife will become prostitute in the city. Your sons and your daughters will fall by the sword, and your land will be measured and divided up. You yourself will die in an unclean land, and Israel will surely be taken away from its land. That's a harsh message to read, isn't it, when you read it? to um, hear him say, I mean, I wonder even if Amos thought, I know God's telling me to say this, but 
it's a little much to say, hey, your wife's going to be a prostitute and your kids are going to die. That's a lot, right? It's a lot. And that is our lectionary that we're faced with today. So Jeroboam is definitely not happy with the message coming from Amos. This threatens his power, puts fear in the people who are now going to question him as, as leader. Who is Amos the prophet saying these terrible things that are about to happen? The high priest, he tries to run Amos off. Amos does not back down. His words from God only become harsher. And then, as young people would say, he kind of says the harshest thing possible. It's like a drop the mic moment, right? I wonder if Amos ever wondered, is this really a bit too strong? You really want me to say this, God? Um, and I think we have to ask ourselves again, why Amos? Why Amos? Because it's a great question. He wasn't from the family of prophets. He said in here he was just a shepherd and watched after sycamore trees. Maybe he was the only one to speak this message of boldness. What was it about him that made him the person to do this? I don't know if you guys know Charles Abney. He's really cool. Goes to church here. He told me this week that sycamore trees, and then I checked with it on Google too, sycamore trees are a symbol of strength and protection, a symbol of clarity, right? Maybe there's some symbolism there with Amos. But we have to ask ourselves the same question, don't we? Maybe we aren't called to bring a message that's that harsh. Hopefully God never tells us to tell someone, your wife's going to be a prostitute and your kids are going to die, right? I don't think we're called to give that message. But are we ever called to give a message, a harsh one, to say something that needs to be said in the moment? Because I know Amos probably questioned that too. I tried to think about it. What does that look like in our perspective? Each of us have probably encountered things in the workplace, right? I thought about maybe a person um, where there's sexual harassment going on in the workplace. And maybe you were the one you felt, God wants me to speak up, report this, and do something. That was an Amos moment, right? And I think about our young people when somebody's being bullied at school and they have that Amos moment where they say, knock it off. That is a beloved child of God. We're not going to have it, right? What was the Amos moment where God called you to speak up? Maybe you've had those moments where you felt called to speak up and you didn't. I also think we are like Amos when we have a friend who is facing addiction, right? And we come and give a message in love but with boldness to say, things are going to go south quickly. Turn around from this. I'm here. I love you. I want to help you. Could that be a moment where we're like Amos? See, Amos wasn't qualified, was he? He didn't have the training. He didn't come from that line of prophets. But maybe that's why God picked him. The Bible is filled with unqualified people. What holds us back when God calls us? Because sometimes we're called to bring a tough message or we're called to speak up like Amos did. And I ask us, are we willing to do it? Because there's situations that happen all the time in our community, in our churches, um, in our workplaces where we are called to speak up justice and truth. Now I ask us also to evaluate ourselves because Sometimes we're called to speak up like Amos. Sometimes we think we're called to speak up like Amos, but we're not, and we're just being a jerk. We have to really evaluate, 
is this God wanting me to do this, or am I just being a jerk, right? It's a fine line. So we want to be careful to pray, to make sure we're speaking the word that God wants us to speak. But at some point, we're all going to be called like Amos. We're all going to be called in different situations where there's a plumb line, where there is not equality, where there is not justice, where people are not treated fairly. And God's going to call each of us at different times to stand for justice, to speak up on for whatever it may be. What is God speaking to you? What's not right? What would a plumb line show for you here and now? You see, Jeroboam and the people started worshiping idols. And when they started worshiping idols and not worshiping the real God, it gave them uh, into um, to greed and, and not taking care of others. You see, when we really love God, when we really love God, we start to see people the way God sees them. We want to show love and compassion towards them. We want people to be treated fairly. We want love for all people when we worship God. So maybe you heard this message, like I said, you can read it in three different ways. Maybe you heard it from the position of power, something going on in your life where you think, God is telling me to watch out. Maybe I've been doing some things wrong. Maybe you feel you are oppressed in some way, and you read this, and you thought, God is on my side, God is rooting for me, God is always on the side of the underdog. Maybe you read it and heard it that way. Or maybe, like we talk about mostly today, maybe you heard it from this viewpoint of Amos, that God spoke to your heart that you need to speak up about something. But I will tell you, you got this. Each one of you are more than a sycamore tree farmer. You're a beloved child of God. Use your voice to speak for justice. In the words of Amos, let justice roll like a river. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray that you will use each of us to stand for what is right, to stand for the poor, to stand for the oppressed, to love the people that you love. God, that we will share your love, your grace, your mercy with all people from this place and around the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Your grace is more, we're great.
I'll tell you, we're letting you out really early today, all right? So there's a reason for that. It's really because I talk not long enough, but there is coffee out these doors, and we would love for you to hang out, get to know some people, get to know your church family, hang out for a while, and hey, even stick around for Eric Wright talking in Sunday school. It's going to be amazing. So yes, he's even got a book. It's going to be awesome. So as we leave here, may we speak up when we're called to speak up, whatever issues those may be that God puts on your heart, and may we go in peace.